Oh, so ended up making well. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, for better America, Frank ended up making the uh the summary of um the months. Made it part one, which is the last episode. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. And this is part two of that, and um, it's just a continuation of what happened this month over the last uh couple of months. And um, again, took a somewhat of a hiatus due to a very tight summer schedule. And um, yeah, definitely a fairly active um couple of months in the legislative session which is good um it came on though I, I think both under obama and um trump w- was um the senate was where bills go to die and under obama um was was the house was mainly the house that did not get much done but um on the trump and on the Biden, it's definitely the Senate, and uh, the Senate, the Senate branch of government of the United States, it's like a, uh, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a body of its own making. Like I said, cohesively, we're more powerful than the president. They pass all the treaties, they um, assign his judges. Um, pretty much the only branch that can actually impeach him, if you really think about it, and um. They could also um, take away the powers of some of the um, members in the defensive uh, community, so in the defensive branch. So it's, it's a very powerful bunch, but um, everyone on um, the left, and I would say center-left, and sometimes uh, sometimes the one they did the center-right. So you could say two-thirds of the population of America was uh, not all that pleased with um, the majority leader at the time. Um, Senator Mitch McConnell from Kentucky and now the minority leader um, from Kentucky and the majority leader currently is Chuck Schumer um, from New York, one of the more humble um, senators actually we've had in the United States um, Congress not very rich, does not engage in stock buying and selling which has become problematic for senators um, yeah, have not used the Senate as a way to really make himself very wealthy actually one of the not so well the members of the Senate and he's been there for a while so it looks like he is the servant of that position he does have that servant leader attitude that I think America needs uh, I'm not saying it's perfect by any stretch um, kind of wish he had the energy of someone like Kuroboko but he doesn't um, but he definitely um, I think he definitely looks to be able to rally people together and um, that's great but wait what happened this month let's go the president got COVID and uh, he had to be in isolation and it was bad. But I will say this though. Um, I was out, you know, walking. Um, could see the screen from where I was, not really watching TV, but it had some very bad image of the president, um, Joe Biden. And I was like, man, is something wrong with the president? Man, the news media could not have found a set of more, like, they made, they had to have designed, whatever channel I was watching, they had to design that to make it look, like, really bad. And I'm not going to say what I thought, but, um, yeah. And uh, I just found the president had COVID. And I'm like, ah, I probably be fine. He's an older fellow, definitely, but his vaccination has been boosted. Fairly healthy for his age. 
but also some of the struggles he does have does come from his age. Um, so um, he recovered from that, which is good. The Republicans um, blocked a veterans bill that was going to help veterans of the United States that had suffered from bomb pits in the Iraq and Afghanistan war and orange um, um, some of the awesome the consequences from the Vietnam war. And the reason for blocking this bill obviously was about some accounting measure, which um, upon looking into it further, um, there's nothing new about it. And it was just a political stunt because the Republicans were displeased with the Democrats for finding a pathway to their own legislation. And um, so what happened here looked like the um, Senate and also the House of the Republicans in the um, United States Congress were willing to punish American veterans because they were not happy with um, with the Democrats for having a deal on their own legislation that they were going to have. Anyways, so that was interesting to observe. Um, John Stewart, who we all know and we all love, um, or most of us do, at least 90%, <laughs> I think, um, did advocate and fight for these veterans and... Um, the 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 up down vote initially passed in the Senate and um then when the legislation came up it failed because um of the politics around it and then after some public outcry the bill again was put up and it did pass this time which is good for American um veterans and it was called a PACT Act. And what it did was help address the needs of veterans that suffer from bond pits. And unfortunately, on the uh, John Stewart show, you could see, um, he spoke to a veteran that um, was in the hospital bed um, on the weekend um, on, on his podcast, which I, I highly recommend, The Problem with John Stewart. And... That veteran passed away, um, and it seems like from the time in which he began to advocate for this, a lot of veterans passed away, and not a lot was done for the family, but also like they did not get the health care they needed in time or at all before this bill was passed. So eventually the bill they passed after coming up for the second time for a vote. But we must keep in mind that for a party that talks about veterans and runs on veterans and runs on being advocate for the military, that is the bad platform of the Republican Party. The the vote here um is is interesting. It's it's it's, it's counsel to to that message. Also Judge Ketanji Brown Jack Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson was the first um, black Supreme Court um, lady of the United States, which is freaking awesome. Did get a chance to rule. Our first ruling happened in the month of June of 2022. And um, in her ruling, she and the other woman justices of the Supreme Court um, ruled... Because it was a challenge that was brought up in Texas and Louisiana sued the administration because of the doll doll memo and what are dolls what they gave um USCIS and ICE, which is the Department of Um 
the administrative branch that deals a lot with immigration, the discretion to basically make immigration favorable to a certain amount of immigrants if they had no um um if they had no felony convictions, if they had strong community ties, if they posed no threat to national security, and if they had not engaged in fraudulent behavior um, in terms of trying to obtain um, green card or lie about work and things of that nature. Um, what what it did was, um, the, the memo was about allowing the, admin, the, the government to basically, through the immigration court process, either close a case or defer a case. So, what what would happen is um, if, if the United States government seek to to remove from the United States, um, it could be it could be for any reason as long as um, the United States government have established that you're here unlawfully. So it doesn't matter. It could be it could be jaywalking and a cop asks you for your ID and you don't show it to them and they take you in for more questions and then immigration put a hold on you. It could be the most random thing. And um, you will get sent back over state visa, whatever the case may be. So what this memo was meant to do was to um, emphasize that those who, in fact, do have um, immigration fraud and um, um, felonies and crimes of that nature were, in fact, um, um, moved along to be sent back. And those who did not have those problems were what happened is that the government was no longer seeking to to send them back. So it, it wasn't granting any form of legal legal pathway. It was just a memo to help direct the administration resources and the things are similar, what about my day with DACA and things of that nature. But again, Texas and Louisiana, again, they tend to sue any any good a Democrat does because it's just idealistically, the Attorney General is a very anti-immigration. They, they say some of the most heinous things that I'm not... Mm, it's interesting that they're still in office, and this also comes from sometimes the governors of those um, of those really red states. So, um, the Biden administration was 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 really um, focused on this um, memo, and um, they continue to challenge other the Supreme Court, and they try to use um, an expedited process, and the Supreme Court let the um, let the um, lower court ruling stay, so therefore it killed the memo. Um, for the time being, then I mean, they might just kill the memo, but they'll probably challenge it at some point in the future in a different way. But um, this was the first win of um, Judge Tangier Bramber Jackson because um, it is written in law. A lot of the things in which the administration tries to do, it is written in law, and then they just have to transcribe how they're going to go about enforcing the law, and they have the legal authority to do that. So um, they lost this case, and uh, it was interesting. But it's been used for many years. And some of the um, midterms that happened more recently and um, before the month of August was California, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, South Dakota, and uh maryland so those are all the primaries that happened this month the outcome of that has happened and um i myself now choose not to talk about the outcome because i mean that's too many races how these people would not even know and i think i'll talk more about um candidates and things of that nature the clothes will get in the very election so i could just randomly pick i could go the south 
region and pick three states at random and talk about the candidates from both sides and um, talk about the you know election wave from both sides. But as of right now, I, I just want to focus on the monthly reviews of talking about the state that had a primary just to keep everyone informed. And I think it can, over time, seeing the outcome of all these things, we decide how um, society is ruled. Let's say the Democrats lose the House. Um, so legislation will pass in the Senate. It will go to the House and it will just die. Let's say the Democrats were to um, lose the Senate, but somehow by miracle keep the House, which is highly unlikely. Um, they could pass bills from the House and it would not um, do much in the um, Senate. And again, on the Republican side, <laughs> we know Mitch McConnell, Grim Reaper, he doesn't let any bills come to the floor in the Senate. So if they if they took over the Senate, um, a lot of things would not happen in the United States. And in fact, um, it's been said that um, governors from states that would have been favorable if they had run in the Senate, for instance, the governor of Arizona, um, the governor of one more state, I think his name is uh, Sanunu, if he, if those two governors have had ran in the um, Senate of their state, not only would they have won the nomination, they probably also would have won the um, their races, and this would in fact guarantee Mitch McConnell um, and the Republicans the, the Senate. But at least two of these governors so far opted not to run because, per what I did read around um, the web. Um, there were some conversations they had with the leadership of the Republican Party, and it's it seemed like their plan was to block the Biden administration. They did not necessarily have a good legislative plan to help the nation become one better. So they still haven't passed um, some criminal justice reform stuff, some police reform, immigration reform. Um, there's still some stuff that needs to be done with health care. So it's just like they were focused on blocking the Biden administration then they were on legislation. So therefore these governors in fact opted to not run because they were going to go into a Senate that was not willing to work and be active. And this guy's a governor, so they really would have loved to, you know, be active and get things done. So which is kinda sad and um it gets to show a picture of how um the legislative body work, especially the Senate, but also how just the politics might play out after November. Um so, so it'll be interesting to see what the Congress looks like because, again, even um, senators on the Democratic side, like Joe Manchin and others have said, the Senate is where things come to cool off. Um, the House have passed a bill on pretty much everything. Liberal rights, women's rights, um, immigration, um, health care, Name it, the House have passed the bill under the leadership of Nancy Pelosi. And um, in the Senate, they they have passed some things. Um, so um, also there was a passage of the um, CHIP Act. And what this does is it helps America become competitive in the, um, in the 21st century in terms of bringing manufacturing chip jobs to the United States. Um, it helps provide a lot of subsidies for companies. So, some of the good of the um, CHIP Act, um, just a summary. 
about the bill and um it include um 52 billion dollars to build expand and modernize facilities facilities in the united states for semiconductor fabrication assembly testing and advanced packaging and related to related tools and equipment and also dedicated funding to fund um, the first ever national semiconductor technology center the national advanced packaging manufacturer program and the national network of microelectronics research and development so it does seem like what 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 this did was um it it, it created some branches in the um in the um government that doesn't exist and a lot of so think about the, the, the SEC. What did the SEC do? They regulate securities. So they regulate companies trading in, in, in the stock market and things of that nature and um, help create an environment for that. So it looks like what this is doing, and this is technology which is quite different from finance, so it might actually work better. Um, but it 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 definitely um, creates a, a semiconductor technology center. It, it's basically like, think about like like a base that ends up having different data to see how we're coming along in technology um where we have shortcomings and then there's data released and um there's probably just a bunch of different things that's going to happen with all of these new organizations and it looks like it's probably the best um things that could and and should happen for us because we do need to compete with china because what, what we did find out on the pandemic was the reliance of um of bringing a lot of microchips and things of that nature to to the to the united states from china um definitely creates a lot of problems for us also for our own national security interests also spying and all other things of that nature um it makes sense to bring some of these things a little bit close to home and also we 20 percent of the world's um m- m- microchips and in since in those in the semiconductor industry tends to come from um taiwan which at some point there could be a huge conflict between taiwan and china and this is definitely this is the hedge against the risk for the united states um so this was a good bill um good bill to pass um there's some criticism of the bill and one of that is it, it creates um a lot of um free money for um big corporations and the the crux of the summer of the bill as I'm reading on, on the senator's website, it, it it doesn't necessarily promote a lot of research, a lot of resources in a way that would help. Um, let's say you had a rural community in in West Virginia that does in fact um um need new ways to make um economy. Let's let's just let's just say one thing. The guys that used to push goods and services with horses and carriage cats do not exist today. And in some parts of America, the means to make money and a living does not exist anymore. So the criticism, at least my criticism of the bill is, it doesn't do enough to address the technology gaps in some parts of rural America. There is a portion of the bill that is designed for this, but if you look at the amount of 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 um but money and tax credit given, it looks like it will favor big corporations a lot and it would definitely not help a lot of rural America the way that it should. However, um, it does look like there's an amendment in here 
by Senator McKelly of um, Arizona and um, I believe one more senator that that definitely did try to put a lot of money towards rural communities. But due to criticism, too much bill out, too much um, excess tax credit because there is a four-year 25% tax credit investment which provides um, stable and long-term incentives to help semiconductor manufacturers. So that's probably just going to end up going to the bigger, bigger um, long-term manufacturers and then the ones that haven't that haven't um um government of ground especially rural america and other even just semi urban america that that don't have have a base of the ground they would not benefit from that because if it's a four year 25 percent tax credit before any of those com- 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 companies would get off the ground to where that 25 percent investment tax credit will make any meaningful um dents in their business it's gonna be more than four years so um, that's a criticism of the bill. It's a fair criticism. There is $1.5 billion in this bill to help with public wireless supply chain innovation fund, which helps um, American companies compete with um, Chinese companies. There's um, $20 billion designed for um, the National Science Foundation Directory for Technology, Innovation, and Partnership, which will accelerate research and development in sectors of national and economic uh, security, critical technologies, um, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, computing, uh, hypersonics, and 5G innovation. So that's really good. There's 13 billion for STEM education programs, including scholarships, fellowship, and traineeship to help train the next generation of students in fast-growing STEM field, which is fantastic. And um, there's 10 billion for geographically distributed regional technology hubs, which allow regions of the United States to focus on industry-specific technology development and job training. And this is the part that I think goes to um, communities that otherwise would not have received this fund. Um, so it's $50 billion for the Department of Energy's um, National Laboratories and Office of Science program. There's lots of money in there for NASA to go to the moon again. So this is a very... It's a very... Um, it's a very like um definitely a very stem friendly bill but also a bill that i think helps america compete in in the 21st century and to compete more with china and um there there is there is an amendment in here that 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 um was done by um, mike kelly and uh senator marshall blackburn which are two different senators from two different states and um two um from two different parties but it is it is dedicated to um Department of Energy for and um there was a lot of innovations here that seem to be geared towards rural America again. So um so there's the um Endless Frontier Act, which established a new directorate at the National Science Foundation to advance research technology in areas like, you know, wouldn't wouldn't have got it otherwise. This is nine billion for chips for American Fund. This is another eleven billion for research and development to ensure long term um US US um leadership in the microchip industry. So this is a very interesting bill. It, it it definitely addresses the supply chain database. So it's it 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 created in this bill, the bill created 
a national supply chain database to assist small business and manufacturers to find suppliers and contractors, which will help with a shut with a shortfall of um, supplies. So the key thing about something like that would be if there's a database that shows where everything is available in the United States, I think that will also bring a lot of small businesses on board. So let's say you specifically sell a particular you three D machine, you make a particular um tool that usually is getting from China, but let's say for some reason it doesn't come in. Um, usually, I mean, you have to go somewhere to go buy that particular tool, especially in specific industries. So not everything can be going from Amazon and BDA, you know. Um, but if you have a database that shows that someone in your state has this tool, I think instead of getting it from Amazon and waiting two, three, seven days, if it's not available, you could just, I guess, drive up there or um, wherever is the seller is can put it in some kind of Amazon system and get it to you the same day. So it does definitely help our manufacturing and uh, it's really good for for STEM for STEM and STEM majors. So I guess uh, this is this is a good it helps the STEM program continues to uh, expand. There is um a quarter billion here dedicated to um communities in rural and tribal and disadvantaged communities. So hopefully um this is goes to um some black communities, some tribal communities, uh some predominantly his um minority communities and help the people. So that's part of what happened in the month of June and um, it did pass the Congress in the month of July. This happened in July and it was um, passed in a bipartisan nation. And for the first time since the war in Ukraine, um, there was a negotiation between Russia and Ukraine to let grain um leave Ukraine, I believe um Ukraine is either, um the second largest supplier of grain in the world and or number two in Europe. So the top foreign supplier of grain in the world and grain is used in pretty much just about everything at this point. So to have this negotiation is actually very good for society. Um I think this is this creates just a leeway to allow for long term peace talk which would stop the the devastation, the killing of the people of Ukraine and uh, may help the global food supply crisis that could come especially in winter and it may also help with the global um, energy crisis we do have. So um, we hope that Ukraine and Russia continues to talk. It is sad the amount of people that have died based on this conflict, especially those in Ukraine. But that's what we got for this month and uh, look forward to doing more of these and getting back in the groove of things. But it was great, and uh, thank you for listening.